Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Friday, October 14th, 2022. I know several people that have run marathons. I even have one friend who once completed an ultra marathon, a race of 100 miles. And my question for those people that I know is always the same. Why? Why would you do that to yourself? Why would you make yourself run 26.2 miles? I mean, the, the, the story goes that the first guy that did that ran the original marathon from, whence, from which we get the name marathon. After he ran the 26.2 miles and delivered his message, he died. Uh, why would you do that to yourself? Why would you run that race? And of course, they all have their reasons, which are you know clearly valid for them, but none of them compelling enough for me to have even the slightest desire to run a marathon. Uh, But the Christian life we see in scripture, uh, several different places, and you've heard no doubt that this used, and you've probably, if you're a Christian, even felt this way sometimes, the Christian life is compared to a race. And we are called to run the race with endurance. And so the question I want to ask today of the race of the Christian life is the same question I like to ask people who run marathons or more. Why? Why should we run this race? Why should we keep going? And today we're going to look at Philippians chapter 3. And I think we're going to see three compelling reasons uh, why this race is worth it. And they fall into some categories Christians think about a lot. And it's really, well, it's worth it in justification, it's worth it in sanctification, and it's worth it in glorification. And we see that really in these three different parts of the chapter. Uh, first, we uh, really see the idea of justification in the first 11 verses. Um, and he says some strong things towards the beginning in verse two. He says, look out for the dogs. And that's not like, you know, him saying, hey, what's up, dog? Look out, look out for the dogs. No, this is a, a word he's using in a very negative sense. Uh, look at what he goes on to say. Look at, out for those, uh, look out for the evildoers. That's who the dogs are. Look out for the dogs, the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. Um, And it seems pretty clear, even because he goes on to say, for we are the circumcision, that he is talking about false teachers. And we see this, especially in Galatians, Romans, uh, people that taught you must be circumcised to be saved. And the Bible is crystal clear on that subject to know that you are not saved by circumcision. We are saved by faith. And that's what Paul really goes on to describe here because he talks about, hey, if you're saved by your works, look at my resume. Uh, I have, he says in verse four, more reason to be confident in the flesh. And he goes on to to give his uh, resume. He was circumcised on the eighth day. He was uh, of the people of Israel. He was of the tribe of Benjamin. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews as to the law, a Pharisee as to zeal, a persecutor of the church as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Hey, if we're talking about spiritual resumes, if we're talking about adherence to the law, I've got it. 
But then he goes on to say, I gave all that up. And he goes on to explain why, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. And I believe what we see here is a great and beautiful passage um, describing really the, the important reality of justification by faith, that we are not saved by our works. We are not saved by our spiritual resumes. We are saved by Christ because our righteousness is, is not enough. Our righteousness is not adequate. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We need a righteousness from the outside. We need to be given a righteousness. And that's what Paul speaks of here. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. So even that helps us understand what type of race this is. This is not a race of running and keeping all the rules and being a good enough person, because if you do, if you run that race well enough, um, you'll get it. You'll be saved. No, we, we cannot do that. And we need to give up our own resume. We need to give up on our own righteousness. We need to count it as loss or garbage. Uh, compared to the value of knowing Christ and having the righteousness that only he can give. Uh, so that that's such an important thing as we understand this race. Ultimately, the race is not just based on our effort. It, we were given the righteousness of Christ. Uh, and that's a very important thing here in this chapter. Next, though, I mean, we may see some things more related to the category of sanctification. We are declared righteous, but we want to see an increasing level of righteousness in our own lives right here and right now. And Paul goes on to speak of this more in the middle of the chapter. Not that I have already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And there we see, I'm going to keep running. I'm not looking back. I'm not stopping. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to press toward the goal for the prize. And I think you you see in this, no, I want to know Christ more. He has made me his own. And I want to press on to, to realize all of what God has given me, this righteousness that God has given me. Yes, this righteousness we will experience in perfection later. But Paul is saying, I want to experience as much of it as possible right now. And I'm going to press on. I'm going to keep pushing, keep striving, keep straining forward to that. 
And that's where I think we need to remember again that the righteousness that comes from Christ is a gift and righteousness in this life is a gift. That's one of the biggest lies the devil's got going for him in the world and in our culture is that righteousness is no fun and lame and sin. Man, that's so good. And yeah, you got to live a lame life uh, to follow Christ. No, No, I think we see in Paul and all over the scripture, sin is deceitful. It wants to destroy your life. Paul wants to live in the freedom and the righteousness of Christ. Think of Romans chapter six. Why would you present yourself still as a slave to sin? That leads to slavery and death. Uh, Present yourself as a slave to righteousness. That leads to life and, and sanctification and good things. So keep running because it's worth it. Keep running because the more you get to be like Christ, the, the, the better um, you actually will uh, live this life. And that that doesn't always reflect in your circumstances. Look at Paul. He suffered a lot, but you, you can clearly see from him, he wouldn't have traded that for anything. And he would rather know Christ and grow in Christ and have that involve suffering than have all the riches of the world, but not know Christ. Um, And we need to share that perspective. And then we see, ultimately, we are looking forward to glorification. And that's why it's worth it. Because this world is not our home. As verse 20 says, but our citizenship is in heaven. And from it, we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him to subject all things to himself. So we're waiting for Jesus to come back. And then as we see other places in scripture, in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we will be changed, right? This world is not our home. These bodies that we have that are breaking down, that, that's not what we're going to live in for eternity. A perfect home, perfect bodies uh, await us. And on that day, when we have crossed that finish line, we will look back and say, oh, it was so worth it. So are you encountering difficulties in the Christian life? Does it seem like, man, it'd be easier to stop running? Uh, It'd be easier to just drop out of the race. No, think of the finish line. Think of this glorification that is coming because when you get there, you will not regret it. So this, I'd have no confidence that running a marathon is worth it. Maybe some of you think so. Maybe some of you are training uh, for one right now. Hey, Godspeed and good luck with that. Uh, But I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that this race of the Christian life, it is worth it. Keep going. And remember, it's all based on a righteousness that is not our own justification. Growing in Christ in this life, we we will not regret it. That's sanctification. And when that day comes when Christ returns, well, we will experience the fullness of all of these things. And that is glorification. Now, let's go back to Isaiah. We're jumping back into Isaiah today, and we're kind of starting a new section of Isaiah. We saw this, you know, big, exalted, majestic section in chapters 40 through 48, and we see some important things in this new section that we are starting as well. And one feature that you'll see throughout this is what are often referred to as the servant songs in the book of Isaiah. And these are passages that I think clearly point forward to the Messiah. And we see one right at the start today in Isaiah 49. It starts to talk about this servant um, to whose mission is to bring Jacob back to him. And we, we see how Jesus, he came to redeem Israel. But it goes on to make it clear, well, it's not just that. 
Verse 6 of chapter 49 says, he says, it is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring back the preserved of Israel. I will make you as a light for the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. I will praise God for that. Because if you compare where I live in Idaho to uh, Israel, where Jesus did his ministry, the promised land where the, the tribes of Jacob dwelled, well, we're, we're just pretty close to the ends of the earth from there. And praise God that what Christ has done has gone beyond that to all of the world. You see another servant song in chapter 50, and you see even the resolve and the confidence of the Messiah. And as we think about our desire to be like Christ, and even as we see in Philippians, well, that's going to involve suffering with him. We should have this same resolve and commitment. You see it in Isaiah 50 verse 7, but the Lord God helps me. Therefore, I have not been disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us stand together. Who is my adversary? Let him come near to me. Behold, the Lord God helps me. Who will declare me guilty? Behold, all of them will wear out like a garment. The moth will eat them up." And there you see the commitment that that Christ had and the confidence that God would vindicate him. And as we saw in Philippians 2, God has. He has highly exalted him. Well, think of how God calls us to follow Christ. And I couldn't help but hear echoes, really, more you hear the echoes in Romans 8. It seems to be echoing Isaiah, right? If God is for us, who can be against us? If Christ has declared us justified, uh, who's going to declare us guilty? Who's going to bring any charge against God's elect? We can be confident as we seek to serve Christ that we will experience his vindication. So let's set our face like flint and let's keep running the race. Uh, we, we, in the end, we know it will be worth it. So let's keep our eyes on Christ, who is our justification, and let's seek him in sanctification, and let's trust that we will experience the wonder and the glory of glorification. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.